people would say that, well, I guess now, after the last couple of months, none of my t-shirts are oversized anymore. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I just love the, the face and the visual, like rubbing your belly because everybody listening can see that. Hello, it is Tuesday, December 8th, and while it may be cold outside, I hope this podcast will always have a warm place in your hearts. We are, of course, the real bros of Holly Springs. I'm Brandon Roach, joined by Joey Will, the Jack Frost to my Jack O'Lantern, as we are the Jack of all trades in the podcast world. Uh, well, by the way, I love the movie, Jack Frost. So if you haven't seen it, here's a free promo for one of the handful of great Christmas movies that would be on my list, which that might be our next draft topic for next week. But Jack Frost, great movie. So love the introduction, even if it might have taken you two takes. Great job, buddy. Welcome back to the podcast as we took last week off. Um, the audience didn't have to know that was two takes, but actually literally an hour ago in class, one of our podcast fans, uh, Haley Kalkovecchia, um, congrats to her on signing with Barton recently, by the way. Um, she actually said that a good idea was a holiday Christmas movie draft for our next draft later on. So that literally happened an hour ago and I wrote it down in my notes, my podcast notes. So, well, this, that would be, that would almost be like one of the few drafts that we could probably go like five or six picks deep and still have so many more options. So we might be coming at you with a special extra edition draft next week, everybody. Yes, um, I don't have a great Christmas pun because of my hatred of the holidays. But uh, let's get started today. If you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, at marketing underscore HSHS. Speaking of drafts, uh, you beat me in our Thanksgiving food drafts. I didn't even put canned cranberry sauce in there because uh, I was trying to win, and you got me anyway. Uh, so you can <laughs> ham it up all you want. Is that, is that two in a row for me? I believe so. So, like, I, I feel like it. this is maybe the first time since when we first started the podcast back in March and April where I've put together a winning streak. It's not a big winning streak, but I feel like I haven't had two in a row in quite some time. So this is quite the feat. And as we get into Christmas, like, feeling good about yourself time, like, I feel pretty good about myself. This is great. Christmas is coming early through the draft board. So and as we talk about Christmas, as a reminder, that was actually our podcast debut together. It was a year ago on your class's holiday special podcast. We taped it like a couple days before winter break. So it was basically a year ago that we were on a podcast together for the first time, which the oft forgotten, um, you know, pilot of our, of our podcast together. I don't, I don't want to uh, upset the students that were part of that podcast um, because their previous podcast attempts were terrible before that day. But I think that was like the, the, like you said, that was the start of the official great podcast that we have become. So five star rating only on Google or wherever you get your uh, podcast. We appreciate Apple, it. Spotify, everywhere else. All right. So we actually have some serious stuff to talk about today. But before we do that, I thought I'd have a little bit of fun. Um, so I know those of you guys that are active on social media have seen people posting their kind of Spotify year end thing, review things. So it should come as a little shock to anyone that my number one artist of the year was Kesha. Um, in fact, I was in the top 0.01% of <laughs> Kesha, which means that like, I am like out of 10,000 people randomly surveyed 10,000 people. I am the biggest Kesha listener to out of like 10,000 people, which 
you know what? That actually tracks considering my personality. And, you know, this podcast is a big reason for that because as I, you know, write, like spend time writing stuff for the podcast, like Kesha is almost always in my ear. But what I wanted to see if you could do today is I wanted to see if you could guess the other four um, artists that I had in my top five for the year. You're asking me. I'm asking oh, you. Wow. You're putting me on the spot. Um, uh, wow. Well, if Kesha's up there, that means you're going old school and it has to be female artist. Like, oh, like not old school, but like you're listening to older songs that she put out, like not new music. Um, uh, say there's only one other female artist in the top five. So, gosh, that could be Ashley Simpson. That could be Hilary Duff. That could be uh is it one of those two it is not okay all right well yeah oh man on dude honestly because of your previous choices with music i have no i don't even want to guess i i just tell the audience go for it go number two is sticks okay all right so sticks the only reason why i know that band is because of big daddy Adam Sandler has a lot of sticks references in a lot of his different movies. I feel like there's another movie too where he references sticks. I can't remember what one though. Uh, three is one of my old school draft picks, Jeezy. <laughs> Pop artist of the 2000s. <laughs> uh, yeah. Number four is my other female artist, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, Kelly Clarkson. All right. Number five. Number five is, uh, was shocking to me. Those four, that makes perfect sense to me. But number five was shocking to me, and that was uh, Toto. <laughs> For the listeners that can't see, I'm drinking water as we go through the podcast, and I almost spit it out uh, on, the, on the computer. This, that was great. That, that was what I needed out of that top five list. Uh, yeah, that was. I am completely shocked that that was number five. <laughs> I, was, I was shocked as well that was number five. I'm not sure when that happened, but uh, apparently I've been blessing the rains down in Africa a lot over the last twelve months. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, other big thing, other big news for me that I wanted to share is uh, something big has happened to me over the last couple of weeks since we first uh, started podcasting. It's actually kind of a serious problem I'm having. Uh, I, there's like a very real chance that I'll need to seek professional help soon. Um, you know, addiction is not a joking matter, but I, I think I have a TikTok addiction. Uh, please explain further for the audience. So I kind of, I'd never really super totally knew what TikTok was. And then like Claire was out of town for like two, three days and I was like bored out of my mind. So I just downloaded TikTok <laughs> and I, next thing I knew it was an hour and a half later. Like Twitter, like my social media site of choice, like you can kind of like scroll through Twitter and then like eventually get to the top and like, that's it. You read the articles, like that's it. But TikTok, there's, there's always another video. You can just kind of keep going. And then also I kind of thought TikTok was more like Vine with like six second videos, but no, these TikToks are like whole like minute long stories. And I am like 100% all in on this. Like I... Like all these TikTok songs, like all these like songs from these different like little meme things are just like stuck in my head at all times. Like last week, I, I made sure to spend an entire day not going on TikTok to prove I didn't have a problem. And the fact that it's so difficult for me to do that, I think really says otherwise. Um, I think today I'm going to try again to not go on TikTok the entire day. And it's possibly one of the five most difficult things I've ever done in my entire life. Well, I, I do, as a teacher of marketing, right, sports marketer, like I understand 
the like why TikTok is so popular because it's hard to maintain focus and attention with like potential consumers. And the best way to do that is like videos, right? Get get in, get out. And I think TikTok has mastered whoever created that app, and I know who's created it, but some of the people that you know utilize it for like artists and music and stuff, like they have absolutely just hit a gold mine with this app and how to promote stuff. And I, I get it. You, you get people's attention and you go an hour and a half down the rabbit hole and oh my God, where are you at? Right? And you still have millions of other videos to watch. That rabbit hole could be days worth of time. And that is one of the main reasons why I refuse to get on TikTok. I will not do it. I understand the importance of it, but I will never ever join TikTok. So there's like a subset of TikTok probably for everything, but one that I've kind of fallen down a couple of times is like teacher TikTok. And like there are teachers and some of these teachers make like very, very funny things. Uh, and oh, some yeah. Awful. So sometimes I'm like, man, I, I wonder if I could do that. And that is like, that is not a bridge I want to cross. Like with this podcast and my general day-to-day -day actions, I'm already borderline employable enough as it is. We don't need to add one more reason for, uh, for me to get fired from my job. So that's probably safe for me to just stay off making TikToks myself. But it is, it is a little tempting. Well, some, like I have Instagram. And now that Instagram like has their reels part of their app, like people post their TikToks to Instagram. So I'm watching it. Like I'm seeing it. But I just refuse to get actual TikTok because I know that I will be like you and I will waste valuable minutes of my life, valuable hours, valuable days, years of my life on this app. So I refuse. I won't do it. But kudos to you, man. Way to go down that rabbit hole. We're playing fast and loose with the word valuable. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but True it's... Uh, it's funny. I did like a, a verbal, like written out uh, TikTok meme as a text declare. Uh, she did not appreciate it. So I don't think, I don't think uh, she's on board with my new addiction. Oh, uh, well... I will support you through this addiction. The first step in the 12 step process is to admit that you have a problem. So now that you've admitted it, whatever I can do to help, let me know. Yeah. The main thing I'm admitting is that TikTok's awesome. <laughs> Agree to disagree. So now we're going to move on to like actual things that matter in the world of, uh, of teachers and athletics at the, the high school level and not talk about TikTok. So one column that has gotten a lot of buzz in the high school sports world over the past few days was an article written by Nick Stevens. For those that don't know, he works for High School OT, which kind of covers athletics in North Carolina. And the article pretty much talks about the challenges that a lot of coaches and athletic programs are facing currently uh, due to the pandemic and high school athletic eligibility and the rising number of students that are failing, which in this case would be athletes. So what are your general thoughts about the article? I know we talked about this off air a little bit, but what are your general thoughts about the article in eligibility for athletes and what Nick Stevens talked about? So yeah, just the idea of kids struggling in general, like that kind of is what prompted us to have our guests that we're going to have a little later on. Um, but I first read it and I was like, that's an interesting idea. Um, like I know that sports serves as an outlet for a lot of kids. Uh, I think one of the things that's mentioned in the article is that like participation in high school sports is one of like the biggest predictors of like graduation rate, like high school athletics is kind of as close as you can get with any subgroup to getting hundred percent graduation rate. Um, I know there's a lot of kids who kind of, you know, keep up with school so they can play sports. Uh, there's a lot of coaches that kind of help them through that. Um, 
it's it's tough because I really do feel like there are a lot of kids who've had tough circumstances in terms of like I know the article mentioned like someone who's you know doesn't have internet at their home or people who've had to like take on full-time jobs to try to support their families during this time and it really is tough to say like oh sorry you failed you know this one social studies class and like some you know elective like you can't play sports this year it's the spring sorry like that that does seem harsh to say um and like a one-time exception might not be the worst thing in the world but i also i don't know how i feel about being just like a blanket anyone can be eligible for the spring either that to me like that's kind of also might not be you know what's best for student athletes either so for those that don't know what we're referencing in the article nick stephen brings up different scenarios different points about why because of the circumstances around the pandemic why it kids shouldn't be ineligible for failing, but he also uh, alludes to a football organization on the East Coast. So a lot of your 1A, 2A coaches, and probably 3A, 4A as well, but a lot of 1A, 2A schools, those coaches that coach football there talked about having kids like miss a percentage based off their grades. So if you failed all four classes, then you would be ineligible for like 30% or 35. I'm not sure about the percentages, but they were pretty much saying that there should be some sort of an exception that yes, you're ineligible for a certain amount of games, but then you can participate. So they were trying to find ways to get around it. And I do agree that this is an issue that there are a lot of failures. You'd be shocked to know how many kids are failing at Holly Springs High School and across the state. I'm sure the number is a lot larger than it normally would be because of the pandemic. But you also have to balance, like we've talked about off air, if we do this this semester, does that mean in the spring that the kids know that next year they'll be able to pretty much play as many sports that they want and as many games as they want in the fall without really having to do any work in the spring? So I think if they do open up this Pandora box by letting kids potentially, I don't think it's going to happen, but if they did do what these coaches in Eastern North Carolina football coaches suggested, I think that we're going to have some issues down the road. And, and I think it's hard for the kids that have those circumstances that prevent them from learning. But I do think that this potentially could be a much bigger issue if kids across the board don't do any work in the spring. And I think you would be opening them up to do that. Yeah, I, I agree that that's a dangerous precedent because, you know, like in many parts of the state, there might not be tons of in-person learning also this spring. You know, even in Wake County, the kids signed up for, for online learning anyway. Like for the spring, like if you're signed up for Plan B, then do you not get the exception? If you're signed up for online, you do. Like that kind of does uh, open up a lot of, a, a lot of different things. Uh, like I, I do think there, I, I do think some grace makes sense and just kind of in case people are unaware, like the current rules for athletic eligibility are that to be eligible in the, in the next semester, you have to pass three of your four classes, like in Wake County schools or six of eight elsewhere in the state, kind of 75%, including English. Uh, and it, it really is tough. Uh, I guess this decision's above our pay grade, but I, I really do hope there can be some happy medium between anyone's eligible, like for most of their season versus, you know, no exceptions. If you fail, you fail. Yeah, like this is a unique situation and unique time in any person that's learning or going through, in our case, teaching. But you're right, like we have to find a way to find that medium. And if we can, great, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that in the next month. And, and that, I think that's the, the quick turnaround is going to be the issue. But now that we've talked about the impact to student athletics and student athletes as a whole and their performance in the classroom, 
what we really want to do is bring on some counselors from our high school to really dive a little bit deeper into this conversation about what is impacting student learning the most during this remote learning um, school year. So up next, we will have on high school, or up next, we'll have Holly Springs High School counselors, Ms. Murray and Ms. Gregorio, after this word from our sponsor. So our sponsor today is the Netflix movie, Holiday. I mean, you might think this art might be giving away one of my choices already for our holiday movie draft in a couple weeks, but it is the perfect date night movie for people of all ages. As one reviewer on Twitter wrote, Emma Roberts has done it again. She was the opposite of unfabulous and her winning performance, Nancy drew me in again. Real talk though, it was a very solid romantic comedy and I even expertly predicted the ending only 25 minutes in, eight out of 10. That tweet was submitted by expert movie reviewer, Brandon Rhodes, and if he likes the movie, he's a connoisseur of romantic comedies starring former uh, Nickelodeon or Disney Channel stars. If it's good enough for him, it should be good enough for you. Cozy up to watch The Holiday tonight, only on Netflix. Today, we are very excited to welcome on two of our counselors here at Holly Springs. They work incredibly hard every day to try and help out the students here at school. Please welcome back, Ms. Gregorio, and welcome for the first time, Ms. Murray. Hi, everybody. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on your podcast today. We're very excited to have uh, you both on as well. So I think we'll, we'll start off before we get into the super hard-hitting stuff. Uh, we'll just start off by saying, Ms. Murray, you can start us off here. Uh, what made you want to become like a school counselor? Like, what, what was that like for you? Well, several different things. Um, when I was in high school, I worked closely with my school counselor to help out a friend of mine. Um, and so from that point on, I just really thought her job was interesting. I thought she really helped me when I was a teenager. She helped me help my friend. And so when I was thinking about my future, I realized I think I would enjoy working with students. Um, I think I would enjoy helping them figure out what they wanted to do career-wise. Because I also sat down with her after that and really talked about, you know, I'm not sure what I wanted to do. And she guided me in the right direction. She recommended some colleges I would be interested in. So then I just thought, hey, this seems like a very interesting job. I get to work with kids one-on-one, -on -one, which I thought I would love. And from there, I just kind of narrowed it down. I thought maybe teaching. But then I thought, you know, I enjoy the one-on-one -on -one aspect of working with kids and just all that you get to do individually with them. So that's why I went into it. Cool. Mr. Gregorio, what about you? Okay, so I'm not sure if I answered the question before or not, but um, I was a teacher and I was a middle school teacher and I taught English. So first of all, I'm not that great at spelling. So I was like, not sure that was good for me, but Nonetheless, I loved working with the kids and I felt like I wanted to do it in a different way. Um, being a teacher is different. Um, I loved teaching and I love, I think you guys get a chance to build relationships with kids because you see them every single day for a whole semester, but we see them periodically. So I miss that relationship part um, with so many students, but being a counselor is good too, because I think you get to get more in depth with students and it's different. Um, I never liked the discipline part. And um, I feel like just being able to do the counseling part with kids and like Miss Murray said, guiding them um, in the right direction has been a lot of fun. So that's yeah, how you, I 
you both use the word guidance. I guess that's why they're called guidance counselors too. I guess that's where that word comes from. That's well, technically we are now school counselors. They changed that lingo. Okay. Um, and for in case you're worried about your spelling, I'm not, I'm not sure if you caught the episode of me and Will just bombing the spelling bee, just getting destroyed by former spelling bee champ, Mr. Burleson. So he, uh, I miss that. I miss that. Yeah. So we're, we're all in good company. Yes. Yes. We're, we're very terrible at spelling even small words. So don't feel <laughs> about it. Thank um, God. check. So one of the things that both of you brought up was the like having that one-on-one -on -one relationship and, and guiding students. So we really haven't been able to do that, quite honestly, this entire semester. So how are things going for both of you uh, in the counseling office this fall? So Amy and I talk about this because we're very social people. And so we thrive off talking with kids. And we're not getting that as much this semester. So we come to work and we talk a lot, Amy and I, um, to get that social piece. So we're doing the best we can with kids. We have met with kids individually. Kids have emailed us and you know I have done Google Meets with kids and it's been for different reasons. Some just to kind of process COVID. Like, you know, they're stuck in their rooms and they're really struggling academically, socially. And so we just talk with them. Um, you know, and I think they feel better too, just having a conversation with somebody, knowing somebody cares, knowing that we're here to support them. We did do senior meetings. We set up a calendar and allowed seniors to register for their meetings. So not a lot of seniors took advantage of this, which was we were kind of bummed about. However, we did have a few and meeting with them was fantastic. You know, we enjoy it. We want to meet with these students. Uh, we don't know that they really want it with us, but we love to talk to them. So for us, yeah, we've had to step out of the box a lot, you know, step out of our comfort zone, which I think is, is a good thing. I guess this is like the slight, you know, elephant or like, you know, tractor trailer in the, in the room here, but all over like the county, the state, like even the country, like I see articles like every day talking about, you know, the number of students, the large percentage of students that are failing classes and stuff. Like, are you, are you noticing a big increase in the number of students struggling academically this semester with remote learning? I don't know if such a big increase. Um, I think some of the students would struggle even if they were in school, uh, you know, and we're providing pretty much the same support. We're doing the best we can. We're, I think some kids, the virtual learning, yes, is very, very difficult and it is hard for some of them. I think some kids are thriving. And unfortunately, I don't think we're talking about those kids who are doing great, uh, you know, so I, you know, I'd like to give them some recognition as well. But there are some kids who are struggling, but I think also there's many different reasons. I think some kids are getting distracted by possibly doing other things on the computer during the day instead of doing schoolwork. I think some people have friends who are saying, hey, let's play video games instead of attending my history class or my English class. Um, so I think they're getting easily distracted. I mean, I don't, you know, I think all the kids want to do well. I just think it, it's very hard when maybe you don't have a teacher in front of you, you know, every day who can constantly check your work or keep you updated on how you're doing. Um, but as far as, I mean, we have reached out to kids, we've emailed parents, we've called parents, you know, we were doing really everything that we would do if they were in school, but we can't call the kids down to our office, unfortunately, and have a conversation with them, which is really hard for us even. So Ms. Gregorio, would, would you agree with Ms. Murray on just some of the different issues that you know, these kids are facing and why they are struggling so much with remote learning? I do. I think that there's, I think some kids are being, well, 
all of these students are being asked to do things that they are not used to doing. This is an entire, and so are teachers. Like, let's count that too. Students and teachers are being asked to do things that we have never done in a while um, or ever. So it's a new way of doing things and it's very difficult. Um, I think that, I think there might be a few more kids that are struggling, but I do agree with Ms. Marie, some struggle when they're here. So this just adds a new dynamic to it. Um, it's just all so new. And I feel like there's a disconnect. I feel disconnected because I'm in my office and I'm not with kids. Like that's where I, I know everybody on this podcast is the same way. We are here because we get our energy from kids. We are not getting that energy either. And I feel like there's a disconnect. Kids are disconnected and it's hard. It's super hard. And so that's not, I don't know how to change that, but I think the disconnect and I think just being this so different are, is really, really affecting kids. So I know, so do you guys think the kind of the struggles are kind of more social and like emotional than like academic? Is that kind of what you guys think? Well, I think for, for some kids, yes. But I think when you take that social and academic piece or social piece, then it had, leans over into academic. You know, if a kid is not mentally strong, then academically it's hard to do their work. So, you know, yeah, being home on a computer all day, it's not good for anybody to be honest. Um, so I, I can see where a lot of these kids are struggling. And there's days where I leave work and I make because I've looked at a computer screen all day. Um, and I'm not like that. I'm working with kids all day. Like I have so much energy at the end of the day. So, you know, I really understand how these kids are feeling. Yeah. I'm sorry, Rhodes, go ahead. I'll, I'll second that. I know we've talked before, like there are days like that this is like staring at a computer screen and like working is more exhausting. And like, you feel like you're working all day and you get like, you're not actually getting as much done. Like you always feel like you have more to do. Like it's, it does feel like stuff's like piling up more with this. And that's, I guess probably how students feel a lot of the times also they're just spending eight hours in front of a computer screen, not actually accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish. Yeah. Or think about it. So they get everything done in their Google, Google classroom. The next day they log in and it's full again. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just repeating itself. So eventually these kids are just, you're going to check out because you kind of feel like you're spinning on a bicycle, you know? Um, so I, I do understand that. But unfortunately, they, you know, they have to keep doing their work. They have to keep going. And we will return to school. And just to, you know, follow up that point, like I think for me, too, when we're in person and we see the kids and we, we can, like, tell whether or not, like, a thing that we're teaching is working or the kids aren't responding well, and we can, like, mix up what we're doing and kind of transition and be like, okay, we're going to take a break today and just like do, you know, this. And remote learning has kind of eliminated that flexibility with a lot of what we do in the classroom. And because of it, like, it's hard for us to like, you know, really let our personality show. And I know Rhodes probably feels the same way. Like we need that energy from students, but I want the students to know like it sucks for us just as much as it sucks for them. And hopefully we can get through it. Like you said, Ms. Gregorio, let's get to 2021. Let's get to next semester, next school year. Let's just get to it, right, as quickly as possible. So, um, but besides that, before we got both of you on to the podcast, me and Rhodes talked about um, student athlete eligibility and how that's, you know, potentially going to be impacted because of, you know, increase in failures. Uh, so, 
some of the talk has been about like pushing that eligibility requirement like to the side and just letting kids like some coaches have suggested that so what are your thoughts about you know athletes eligibility getting rid of that requirement three out of four uh classes being passed like what are your general thoughts about that eligibility requirement being pushed away i think it's good because of the connection thing like you guys know i'm a parent of athletes i have two kids who are both athletes and I feel like they all need a break right now. And and if going out to the sports field is giving them that connection and giving them the exercise that they're not getting because they're sitting home all day playing video games or on a computer screen, then yes, give those kids a chance because that's what they need. Like, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and like I said, I'm biased too because I'm a parent of athletes who, who has two kids that need that connection. Um, so yeah, I think yes. And Miss Murray, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with that to an extent. I mean, I, I guess I feel like there needs to be some requirement put in place. Maybe that's passing one of four classes or two of four. Um, but I definitely think that, yeah, we need to be a little bit more lenient this year with these students because to be honest, I just want them to be around people. Just like Ms. Gregorio said, I think getting them in, getting them around, you know, making those connections and hopefully that would improve their grades as well moving forward. Um, but yeah, I think being a little, being much more lenient this year. So one thing I kind of thought about, like with the potentially for athletic eligibility changing, like, is there any ways in which like the college application process is changing? Is that like relatively the same for seniors this year as years past, or is that changed a little bit with COVID stuff? No, that's changed as well. So most schools, the majority of them are SAT and ACT test optional this year, which has really benefited some kids. And most likely, I mean, moving forward, I don't see that changing for next year, but it could. Um, but no, I think having that test optional has benefited a lot of students. And I, I'm not sure, Amy, do you know, has it been much different for athletes applying this year to colleges? I think just really the test optional. Yeah, and you know, I think that we don't know how that's gonna turn out yet because it's still early in the application process. Um, I know for athletes, I mean, we, as you guys know, You've seen the kids who signed this year. How amazing. We've got like the best athletes. Like we've had so many, and I was a little worried about that because I know collegiate athletes are getting an extra year of eligibility. That does not seem to have stopped our students um, this year from signing and going forward with that through the college. Um, so I think that that's not made a difference, but with college admissions in general, we still have yet to see kind of how that's going to pan out because we're still early in that admittance process. The first round of acceptances are coming out December 15th. So we'll know a little bit then, and then we'll know a little bit more January 30th, and then we'll know more in March. In March. So I, I'm anxious to see how that does play out with college acceptances and how they do look at that. Because we have some students who did submit their test scores um, and some who didn't. So I'm just interested to see how that works out. But we don't know. It's The jury's still out on that. And I believe that this is going to continue into next year as well. I don't see much changing for the class of 2022 um, with college admissions. So, Well, if you have any kids that don't get into college, I have plenty of experience in my life with rejection. So I'd be happy to talk to them about that. <laughs> and you still turned out OK. So we're good. Right. As far as you know, yes. 
Well, hard rejection isn't always bad. And we talk with kids about that. You know, if they don't get accepted into certain schools, there's many options out there and there is a fit for everybody. So yeah. see, Mr. Rhodes, you just proved rejection. You found a school you wanted to and look where you're at. Again, like my wife calls me like her silver medal. Like she didn't get what she wanted, but she, she stuck <laughs> with me and she's pretty happy with that. So I feel like it, it works out for everybody. That's better. Oh, I better be my husband's gold. Bronze. <laughs> you could be the bronze medal, so at least you're not that. At least, at least I'm still on the podium somewhere, hopefully. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're my gold medal. How about that? Oh, that's so sweet. You're the real bros of Holly Springs. That's, that's sure. right. That yes. is correct. But I will tell you, I mean, let me just say this real quick. I'm going to tell you, the students end up where they're supposed to be. I'll guarantee you that. 99.9% .9 of the time, the kids will come in and be like, I didn't get accepted at blank. Well, then two weeks later, they're coming in. They got accepted here. Two years later, this has been the greatest thing. I'm glad I ended up here. This is meant, you know, this is where I belong. So they will, I swear, they end up where they're supposed to be and things work out. And I think that's so hard for them to see that, but I promise you, I've been doing this a long time. They end up where they're supposed to be. So this semester, we've kind of started some things like having asynchronous days, uh, you know, where it's not like, you know, traditional live classes or even like intervention days where, you know, teachers meet with students who are struggling. Are these things that you think might carry over to when there's like in-person school? Because like in conversations with students in class at what they'd like to, you know, improve the educational experience in general, like some kids mentioned they wish they had those types of things like an in-person school. Like, do you see a universe where that might continue on moving forward? I think, I hope a lot of this stuff carries forward. I think, yes, that would be great. Um, I think those have been very valuable. Um, I hope that a lot of things carry over. I hope Virtual Academy carries over because like Miss Murray said, there are some kids who just thrive in that environment. There are a lot of kids who are doing so well with Virtual Academy. Wouldn't it be nice to have like a Wake County Virtual Academy um, so where those kids can continue their education where they are thriving. Yep. So that, or, I agree with Ms. Gregorio. Um, no, I think we're going to see a lot of things that have come out through COVID that are going to stick and hopefully we continue moving forward. I think the intervention and the asynchronous learning days are great. It gives the kids a day to catch up. Um, it allows the teachers to be able to work one-on-one -on -one with a lot of kids, which is extremely helpful for the teacher and for the student. So I think it would be phenomenal to continue some of those interventions that we've put in place. So actually our next question was going to be about like if there'd be more online learning in the future. Like I know for me personally, like I, I'd be concerned like to me, like the socialization aspect of school is more important than anything that happens academically. Like would, would you be concerned about that if like there's a permanent online feature in the future, like a permanent virtual academy, like, would you be concerned about like if those students are spending time like with other students or is that maybe best for those specific students? I think if the students have the choice, if it is their, their choice to choose to do the virtual academy, I think they know what kind of individual they are, what kind of learner they are. And a lot of students are getting the socialization in other things. So they might be in sports outside of school. Um, you know, they may be working. So it depends on their circumstance. But I think the individual themselves would know if they would benefit from it. And I think a lot of students in the county would take the virtual option. And you know, you guys know, the socialization also comes with social pressure, mm -hmm. right? There are some kids who that social pressure is off the table 
and they are so much better. It's anxiety provoking. It's depression. It, there's so many like social pressures in society for young people today. This virtual takes that off the table for them, for the kids who are really struggling and they are not having to worry about the pressure of who am I going to eat lunch with? Is everybody going to make fun of me in second block class? Like there are some kids in that situation too, where that pressure is off. They can just learn and do their thing. So there's a lot of benefits. But here's my question for you guys. Would you want to teach virtually forever? No. <laughs> that, is, that is a rhetor. In my eyes, that's a rhetorical question, Gregorio. <laughs> and it's an emphatic um, bleep no. And you can fill in the bleep with whatever words you want to. Okay, <laughs> I know. Cool. Well, we're not going to say it on the podcast. So for me, honestly, like if virtual academy was something that students like would opt into and it was students that were excited about learning and there was like other stuff in place, like, you know, having to maybe have their cameras on during learning and kind of having it more with like some of the same, not discipline, but kind of some of the same, like you can kind of more force kids to do stuff as opposed to how online work learning is right now. I think that might be interesting, but I, I enjoy the in-person interaction kind of too much. I don't think that's something I'd be particularly interested in, in doing. I think that we do have teachers who would be interested in doing the virtual academy. I think there's some teachers who have really enjoyed it. Um, so just like students, you know what I mean? It just depends on their personality. And I, I think the virtual program could be a success. I think, you know, all of us, especially because we've been to college, we, like we've done online classes. I think all of us have probably done at least one online class for whatever class we had to take, whether it's summer school or regular education. But like, you have to be able to put the work both ways. So I think if the students were more active and more engaged in the class and participated more, had their videos on like Rhodes said, I don't think we would hate teaching it as much. We would still hate it. Me and Rhodes both have said on the podcast plenty of times, this is not for us, but I would like it more if the kids were on board and they were meeting us halfway, which currently really isn't happening for I'm, I'm sure most of the teachers at the school. Good so I know another big thing that you guys do that you get a lot of grief for is, uh, is making schedules. So I know like students are upset, like, why didn't I get this class? Like, why can't, like, as students are always asking you, please switch me out of Mr. Rhodes' class. For the love of God, give me any other teacher. All right. So obviously, all the time. that's not true for you, but I know kids probably want to get out of my class for sure. Obviously, you can't give kids everything they want. So like, what are some things that go into the schedule making process that like, that students might not like think about or understand why they can't always get exactly the schedule they want. Oh, wow. What doesn't go into the schedule making process? I feel like it is a nine month process. <laughs> so really students and parents honestly have no idea what does go into it. And I wouldn't even know, but I used to make the master schedule at my old school. So I do understand what it goes through and this school's huge. So we start this process in February for the, you know, for the next school year. And then we're still doing schedule changes come August. We're doing schedule changes till September, right, Amy? Uh, yeah. So it's a big <laughs> process. And now we're still doing them for second semester this year. Um, so, you know, I mean, we do get the kids input. They have their choice. We, you know, meet with them before, whether it be a classroom presentation or in the media center. We give them all the information they need. They can look up the course, um, course uh, courses online. They can read the description of them. Then we meet with them and they put their classes into PowerSchool. So they get to pick their classes. And we do say, you know, we're not making any schedule changes after a certain date, which is usually May or June. Um, we let them finalize it. And then come August, we had how many schedule changes this year? 
a thousand schedule changes. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not blaming this on the kids, but I'm going to blame it on the kids for a minute. Because when we... <laughs> not going to blame so you. So you I love them. They know I love them. That's why I can say that. Because the kids know I love them. But they don't fill out the request right. They're like, why did I get this class? Or how did I get this class? I didn't even pick it. Well, guess what? We gave you three alternates. You picked the alternates that were in your original schedule. You didn't give us three alternates. Like... Or you picked this class or you got it because that, you know, so they don't, they don't fill out the thing right. So, and we try to explain it to them. We offer to meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. We do meet with a lot of kids one-on-one, -on -one, um, but, or those over the summer, quote, change their mind. But we've already set up, when we ask for their course selections in March, we make sections of each class hire teachers based on what you signed up for and create the entire schedule based on what you signed up for so if you didn't do it right or you quote change your mind we've already set it up for the way you did it in the first place so now there's no room in coach wills sports and entertainment marketing too because only 30 people signed up for so we only created one section well now 10 more people want in it well, we don't have room. So and that's what the kids don't understand. No, so, that's like, the part they, they don't see. They don't understand that, you know, based on your course selections, that's how the master schedule is built. And I get that. And I get the kids change their mind. So to be honest, when those schedule changes come to us in August, like we feel terrible. I would change all their schedules if we could, but the schedule doesn't allow us to. So we just can't. And then we have to be the ones to tell these kids no, uh, which we hate doing that, you know. So we're the counselors, we're the nice ones. We just want to say yes. Um, but unfortunately we have to say, you know, no, we're really sorry based on your course selections. This is what you get. So yeah, we for, for all of our listeners, this does not mean boycott signing up for classes because you think we won't hire certain teachers <laughs> for that class, for that, that subject. I just want everybody to know that because like next year, nobody's going to sign up for sport entertainment marketing because they're all going to go, let's get rid of Coach Will. Let's fire them. So that, that's not uh, really how that's going to work. Please don't, don't, don't think worry. that. Don't worry. We'll put kids not in going anywhere. <laughs> that making a schedule is a nine-month process. Um, you're both mothers. Like, which is a more unpleasant nine-month process, making the schedule? Or... <laughs> oh, scheduling. Okay. Hands yeah. down, scheduling is worse. <laughs> my my nine-month process was 17 years ago, so I don't really remember that a whole lot. So, yeah, they're but the – that that's over for me. I have still to go through the scheduling thing every year, so I don't know. They both have pros and cons. Okay. So so ignoring uh, maybe that that topic that might be taken off the uh, off air. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um, but realistically, like yes, there's been a lot of changes with COVID and just the you know normal teaching environment that we've we've found ourselves in this year. But like over the last five or ten years, has there been any big trends that you've noticed? you know, not considering COVID, but that you think have like really impacted education? Or like ways that like, you know, kids have changed, like kind of what's like, how are kids like high school kids today, like different than they were like five, 10 years ago? Oh, yes. Um, you're going to get me going on my social media kick right here. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, you, poked the bear. you poked the bear. Oh, well, yeah. Rose talked about his TikTok addiction uh, about <laughs> 30 minutes ago. So this is a great segue. Oh, uh, Rhodes, Murray's about to 
uh, give I'll you a call. Start. I'll be called. But I think we're really starting to see, I mean, that first generation who had cell phones at a young age. And so you are seeing the effects of it. You are seeing the rise in depression and anxiety. And I don't think kids see how much they're on their screen. Um, and it is having a long lasting effect on them. And I really think if you take that phone away from these kids, they're gonna bring back the socialization, like let them connect with their peers face to face. And I think you're gonna see a rise in happiness and satisfaction. Um, so yes, I've seen in my 14 years as counselor, I don't think I dealt with depression and anxiety, honestly, until I'd say six years ago. And now there's so many students out there struggling and I feel so bad for them. Um, but I just, I do think social media and technology is playing into that. Do you think there's like a realistic way? It's like, obviously like at this point, like the cat's out of the bag, we can't say like no phones in schools, but like, is there like a realistic way that we as a school can try to address that? I think that's the million dollar question, to be honest, about schools all over the country. Um, I wish we could say no cell phones. I mean, why does a student need a cell phone when they come into the building? You're in the building, you're safe. We all went to high school without cell phones. Um, you yeah, know, so, distracting us with your cell phone. <laughs> was not mine. <laughs> um, I mean, I get made fun of by our friends. Ask Amy, even as counselors, like I rarely text back. They're on this counseling thread. Because really, when I leave work, like I'm a mom, I focus on my three kids, I go home and I play. Uh, I just, I'm pretty strict with my kids on social media. As of right now, they're a little younger. But it's, I, just because I've seen the effect it's having in teenagers. And unfortunately, you know, when things happen to you personally, I don't think sometimes you can see that when you're going through it. So I don't think a lot of these kids are seeing it. And they're just so used to it. Um, but they, it's, that phone is hooked to them. So I don't know what the answer is. I would love to find that answer though. Yeah, that's a great answer. I know that's even in like the seven, eight years we've been teaching, I, it's, it's a huge difference in terms of like what kids are, the amount of time kids are spending on their phone and stuff. Uh, it's, it is somewhat of a bummer. Like there, I guess there are practical uses, like being able to look stuff up online is, is helpful in school, but the, it, it's a good question if like the costs outweigh the benefits for that. Yeah, and there are pros to it. That's the thing. Yes, kids can look all these things up. Obviously, we all know technology is great if we use it appropriately. But if you're using it for 18 hours of the day out of 24, I don't see how that's mentally healthy for anybody. Um, and so that's the thing. I just don't think that anybody is really seeing how much they're using their cell phone. All right. Well, on that depressing note, uh, thanks for humoring our questions. Um, it doesn't so have to be depressing. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, it, it is. It, it's, it's kind of a bummer to think about. Hopefully that's something that can be addressed in the future. Um, but we thought that you might like to compete against the two of us in a little game, a little 2v2 game of catchphrase coming up next. All right. Right now we're going to go 2v2. Gregorio and Murray versus... Roads and will in catchphrase. Here's how this is going to work. Each person will get 40 seconds to try and describe um, a, a phrase, thanks to our lovely catchphrase assistant, thegamegal.com. Uh, and the other partner will try to guess. Um, at any time, either person, uh, either the person describing the words or the person guessing can say pass. Uh, and after all four people have gotten a chance to try to describe words, we will see if we have a winner. We will let our guests go first. Uh, which one of you two wants to be the first person? I'll go first. 
right. Okay, does that mean you're going to describe or you're going to? I'm going to describe. So I have to minimize okay. my screen here. All right. Okay. Ready? All right. Tell All me right. when. I will. Whenever you start talking, I will start the clock. Okay. All right. Um, Chicago is a big city. Um, oh, the, um, can't, woo! Lasso. Riding a horse. Wearing my hat. Cowboy. Cowboy. Taking a picture, photo, photograph. There you go. Good job. Jack and the beanstalk. Um, <laughs> I'm going to catch a fish in my pond. Fishing pole. I'm going to hold a net. Fishing net. Good job, net. Um, it, we like to hang these on our windows in your house. Signs, curtains, drapes. Great job. Um, okay, six, six, time, time, time. Oh, come uh, on. Just as a reminder, this is this is like a an auditory medium. So the the clues out loud might be better for our audience than some of the uh, visual. Uh, oh. <laughs> Corey's like, can you tell him a visual learner, visual teacher? Yes. Yeah, so. Six, that's a pretty impressive first round. It, was it was Jack and the Beanstalk? Uh, yes. Okay, because I, I, if Rose, just so you know, if you would have given me the same clue, it would have been Jack in the Box, like the, the restaurant, instead of Jack and <laughs> the Beanstalk. That's where my head would have gone. So, I know, but I would have literally said Jack <laughs> and the Box instead of Jack and the Beanstalk. So. You could have also done like Jack and the Jill, if that's, I don't know, if that's not really a thing. Uh, if we're talking about bad Adam Taylor movies. All right. Uh, I will go first and you can guess here. All right. All right. Here we go. Um, the thing that kids get caught smoking at school. Uh, vapes. It's green. Uh, mar ganja? Marijuana? Okay. Uh, um, Jack Frost is a? Snowman. Um, one dollar bills, five dollar bills are examples of cash, money. Um, the p the, the first piece on a chessboard, the, the 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 small ones. Pawn. Um, she sells. She sells down by the. She shed. No. She, uh, seashore. There we go. Uh, okay. last one. Let's go on a. Trip. Five. We got five. <laughs> five. I'm gonna do it again because I want to describe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 that, that's just the first round. We're halfway through, so you guys are up six five after the first round. Oh, I'm not as good of a guesser, <laughs> The commercial, the she shed commercial. Yeah. Uh, I want a she shed. Uh, that's amazing. Here's thinking about um, Cheryl, Cheryl and the she shed. All right, so you guys are up six five. Uh, Gregorio, you are now up to read off your clues. Whenever you are ready, you can get started. Okay, a bear has this on their hand. A bare hand is called. Yes. Um, if you get married, you put this on your finger. Wedding ring. Yes. Um, if you're not at peace, you're at. Um, not, not peace. You're angry. Two, two countries are at. A war. <laughs> yes. Um, if you're trying to take a piece of wood and make it smooth, you use this on it. You you, you yeah, put it on wood to make it smooth. The sander. Yeah, no, it's it's sandpaper. Yeah, sandpaper. Um, if you want to go shopping in one place that has a bunch of stores under one Mom. roof, I'm. Oh, Wait, are we giving? Do you guys get the last one? Uh, I'll give, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, got so it. five that round. Do you guys have eleven total? 
So we need to get six this round. A lot of hey, products here. This is not going to work. Six? Six. Oh, God. All right. Be positive. Don't forget, I'm controlling the clock. I can feed if we need to. I'm kidding. I'm not here. I got to get my revenge from Family Feud. I sucked at that. All right. Family War and Peace, perhaps, as you might have said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready, Rhodes? Uh, born ready. All right. Three, two, one. All right. When you blow, you blow a gum. No, you blow a. When you're blowing gum, you blow. When you're blowing gum, a gum. You're blowing a bubble. 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 Not night. The when you wake up, it's what? Morning. Yes. Um, you read this. Old people read this. Newspaper. Yes. Uh, when you want to look at the globe, it is a map. Earth atlas. Yeah. Yes, yes. When you buy somebody a gift, it's also called a present. Another word for present. You buy this at a, a gift shop. You buy them a trinket, a card. No. Uh, I have no idea. Time. What was it? Souvenir. Souvenir. Oh. All right. Good. We got four that round. You uh, said on, on vacation. When you're on vacation, you get this. In that would have been good. So you guys got us by uh, by an eleven to nine store. Congratulations, Mario, um, for your revenge on us uh, in, in competition play. Oh, thanks, thanks. We're tied now. We're tied now. We'll have to do a rubber match at some point. We probably will earlier today. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you guys are putting in long hours at the uh, field catchphrase. Though. That's right. We're practicing. We're practicing. Right. Well, it's always fun to be on the real bros of Holly Springs. We love you guys. You are the, the Holly Springs top of the top. So we thank you for letting us talk with you. And we will come back when you're ready for us. Oh, we're, we're born ready. Like We'll get the rematch in soon enough. Don't worry about that. Okay. Sounds good. And thank you very much for coming on today and for all the help with the students as well as helping us um, help out some of our students. So we appreciate that as well. Bye, guys. And bye to all the students out there. We miss you guys. We love you guys. Hope to see you soon. Thank you guys for having me. This was great. This is very fun. Hello to all the students and parents. And we hope you're doing well. And hopefully we can see you in 2021 in the springs. See y'all. Thank you. Bye. We appreciate Miss Murray and Miss Gregoria coming on to the podcast. But as we've had to reach deep into our closets to dress warmly for the past few days, and as it seems like the summer weather might be gone for good, we will draft our favorite articles of clothing next. When I wake up in the morning light, I pull on my jeans and I feel all right. Hey, I pull my blue jeans on. I pull my well, it is now time for our draft of the best types of clothing. And I think I'm a shoe in to win this time. I'm really going to sock it to you in our draft today. Uh, well, you might sock me with your favorite articles of clothing. I just want everybody to know that this draft might end up being a Rhodes's four clothes that he wears every single day to school, uh, no matter what, during remote learning, and then whatever else I can pick that competes against it. So Let's see how this goes, but I really do want you to get your top four picks. Like, no matter what we do, I might consult with you as we do this draft. The only time I'm ever down to let you draft your favorites, okay? So just letting everybody know how this is going to roll 
for the, the next few minutes. All right. Well, my number one pick, for those of you guys that are in my classes, I've made this joke a few times before. I think this is an article of clothing that I have worn, let's see, October, September, probably every day for at least the last uh, three months. Uh, by far and away, the longest stretch of my life of wearing this article of clothing. Um, I, you know, before a couple of months ago, I wouldn't have said this is my favorite, but you know, right now is, I can't imagine life without it. Um, I actually might need to get a few new pairs of these just because, uh, people might be tired of seeing me in the same three pairs over and over and every day. And that number one pick is sweatpants. Um, I love sweatpants so much. Like Claire keeps our apartment so cold. So I've had to wear sweatpants. Even like when I was teaching like in early September at home, I'd have to wear sweatpants. And now every day, it's like sub 70 degrees every day in our classrooms. I'm in sweatpants every day. This is honestly, if we had to say the thing I like most about remote learning is the fact that I can wear sweatpants to school every day. That is by far and away the number one benefit of this to me. And I, I thought you were going to go either sweatpants or sweatshirt. So I, I kind of figured that was going to be the case. So my competing article of clothing, technically it's kind of like a sweatpant, but it's like a specific type of sweatpant. So I'm going to go joggers because that's a like new trendy kind of pick, but you don't necessarily have to have like the sweatpant material. And I don't ever see you wearing joggers. So that's going to be my competing article of clothing to your sweatpants so joggers can be considered cool which is why you know that i own zero pairs of them uh, <laughs> i don't own them either i'm gonna be honest like i'm just putting a competing article of clothing but i own zero and the girl that i'm kind of talking to dating right seriously dating uh potentially not confirming yes or no but she wants me to get into wearing joggers. And I, I just, I, I, I can't convince myself yet. I just love sweatpants so much, but I had to do it. Yeah. Well, uh, way to bury the lead there about your potential new, um, you know, lady friend. But we'll, you know, maybe do that interview next time. But again, yeah, joggers, they're just too tight for me. Like a big thing with clothes, I like very loose baggy clothes, which is, you know, we've gotten like a hundred things about me that Claire would love to change, but I think that's one of them. My sense of fashion is not uh, what she calls amazing. Um, before I get to my next pick real quick, a nice little story. So when I left college, like I got my first job as like an auditor, I'd wear like some kind of polo every day or like, you know, khakis or whatever it was to, to work. The first thing I do when I get home is I would like change into like, you know, like a pair of like basketball shorts or whatever. And Claire hates it. Like sometimes even for like coaching during the summer, especially I'll wear like a holly, like a basketball polo and like basketball shorts with it. And she hates that look so much. Um, I call it like Brandon casual. And to her, it was like the bane of her existence. So <laughs> my fashion sense is, you know, non-existent. But all right. What, what is your second pick after joggers? If it's runners, you know, that's not on my list either. So <laughs> anything exercise related is pretty much off the board. Um, so I know you're going to go sweatpants. Like I just, or sweatshirt for your next pick. I just know it's going to come. I know it's, it's, it's there. It, it's no debate. So I'm trying to think of something that would like kind of be a competing thing with a sweatshirt. And I can't really like come up with one. So I'm going to go with like an oversized t-shirt, like something you can kind of like lounge around in that is baggy and comfortable 
just isn't as heavy as a sweatshirt. So I'm just going to do like a baggy, large, pretty much a shirt that shouldn't be on your body because it's too big, but you still wear it anyways. That's solid. Uh, you know, for like kids, I know kids love those. Uh, I know like girls, that's like a big thing for them to like sleep in and stuff. Uh, for me, I know people would say that, well, I guess now after the last couple months, none of my t-shirts are oversized anymore. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I just love the, the face and the visual, like rubbing your belly because everybody listening can see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a solid pick. Um, all right. My number two pick, you've already given it away. I'm going to pick a hoodie. Uh, I think in terms of like when I stopped dressing up nicely for school around like year two or three was when I started like wearing like hoodies for an entire day of, of teaching and stuff. Um, I love wearing a hoodie. Um, it's comfortable. Um, honestly, oftentimes when I drive to school in the winter, I have the hood up over my head while I'm driving and I walk in and people can't tell if I'm a student or not. Um, I love having the pocket inside the hoodie. I love like fiddling with things all the times and having the pocket inside the hoodie gives me a place to like fiddle with stuff. Like whether it's like a pen or a pencil, a wedding ring, uh, without like, without people kind of like giving me crap for fiddling with stuff all the time. So number two pick is going to be a hoodie. Not shocked. I called it. So this is where this, the draft could go either way starting now. I knew you're going to go top two. So your third pick really going to determine where I go with my next two picks. All right. I've already mentioned it. Uh, these once before, these are the most important part of wearing brand and casual. If I'm not wearing sweatpants, ideally I would want to just be like in like basketball shorts. Uh, literally those are the only articles of like below the waist or the only outer layers of clothes. Uh, we're not edit that. <laughs> that's, that's basically what I've been in continuously since March is uh, either basketball or sweatpants. Uh, I like them. They're comfortable. Uh, that's just what I enjoy wearing. And once again, I could have, I figured you're going to wear sweatpants over something. So you have these gym shorts on no matter what. And then when it gets colder, you just put the sweatpants on. So I, I thought that would be your third or fourth pick. So I guess for me, the competing article of clothing to that would be a just a basic pair of like casual shorts, but non-cargo shorts. And I know this might be a deferring opinion between me and you, but cargo shorts, no. X, uh, no. Exit out, not allowed, no cargo shorts. All those extra pockets serve no purpose, just a nice pair of casual shorts with two pockets, right? That you can put your hands into and maybe some butt pockets. That's it. That's all you get. Um, yeah. Maybe we, also next episode, we'll do an entire segment on butt pockets too. But uh, you know, I, <laughs> I love cargo shorts. <laughs> I know you do. That's why they I are that. obviously very loose and baggy. They just, again, it's just a great place to put stuff. Uh, so you're not feeling like constrained at all. Um, Claire has pretty much outlawed me wearing cargo shorts. Like I will wear them potentially if I'm in like a different city or state than her, or if I know that like she's asleep when I'm going somewhere and won't see me wear them when I leave the house. Um, I'll sometimes wear them to teach her work days, but that's, that's about it. Um, I love cargo shorts. So do you have like a secret stash in your car? Like where you, you put like the tire, like, you know, stuff that, 
you never use and it's like under the mat like you have like a secret compartment for the cargo shorts yeah so it's like you know like in movies and tv shows where you have like teen girls who like wear like you know like baggy like you know clothing that covers their body and they leave the house they take it all off that's what i have like you know that's why my classroom is like considered my closet i just have stashes of like cargo shorts like everywhere like every drawer in my classroom just a pair of cargo shorts in there no honestly like in our closet at home i just have them on the very very top shelf claire can't reach them so she can't reach them she can't burn them (laughs) very true all right, what is your last pick? I think for me, oh, wow. See, I, I want to go like tennis shoes. Like that, that's what I was thinking about going, but I, I'm not sure if I want to do that or just like a crew neck t-shirt. So I guess for the, the final pick, this might be the one time I steal something from you. I, I'm not sure. I think you're going to just do a regular t-shirt, uh, but – because I already did oversized t-shirt. So I feel like I can't do a crew neck t-shirt. I'm just going to go with tennis shoes. I'm just going to go basic tennis shoes, like athletic tennis shoes that are comfortable, that may or may not go with your outfit because the color scheme doesn't match, whatever, but it's still comfortable and you can walk around for thousands and thousands of steps. And then you can check your smartwatch and see how many steps you got in. Yeah, tennis shoes is a great pick. Um, that is actually written down like that also, tennis shoes, um, as on my draft board. Uh, that's what I wear pretty much all the time. Um, I wear them until, like, I cannot wear them anymore. Like, I have a pair of shoes right now that literally, like, I can't wear outside when it rains. Like, I sometimes use them, like, walk through the and stuff with, like, because there's literal holes in the bottom of the shoes. Um, like, I cannot wear them. And my other newer pair of shoes, which I got two years ago, like, the <laughs> things that help, like, hold the shoelaces in place, like, yeah. have fallen off. So, like, those also look crappy. And, like, Claire wants to get me, like, a pair of shoes for, like, the, the happy Honda days coming up. And I am, like, very, very against the idea of her buying me shoes online. She says, I'll get the exact same pair. I'm very, very particular about the shoes that I wear. I like, I like what I like, and I like to wear them until they literally cannot be worn anymore. So that, that is a great pick. Well, I'm sorry for stealing potentially your, your fourth pick on the draft board. Do we need to cut this out? No, no. Go back we're, and we're, then... we're, we're good. That, that okay. was one of the three contenders for the last pick. You mentioned T-shirts also. T-shirts is a big contender. But if we're keeping this draft board true to the things that are most important to me, um, the last pick is going to be something that I always have on, and that's going to be socks. Uh, I don't <laughs> handle, I I don't sleep like with bare feet. Uh, my feet get very, very cold at all times. Like I can't like even walking around with socks on like hardwood floors. I can't do, I have to wear like slippers at all times when I'm at home. Uh, I just can't imagine like the humans that like enjoy being without socks. Part of that is because my feet are disgusting. So my toes are super, super gross. So like I'm helping society (laughs) by wearing socks, but also like, I just like feel like, honestly, if I had to come to school, either, like, without a shirt on or without socks on, I would absolutely choose, like, I'd feel more comfortable being at school without a shirt than without socks. Uh, I would just, like, feel, ugh, I, I'd uh, be so good not wearing socks. Well, when you, when you said socks, like, that's what I had in my head was you have shorts, sweatpants on, socks, and a sweatshirt over your bare body. Like, I'm just envisioning you showing up one day with just that. No shoes on, no shirt on, just those four articles of clothing and you're done, right? You're set for the day. Uh, it's, that's good enough for me. I'm good with that. Um, All right. I like it. Yeah. You can see how much you guys like my insane list um, thought of by, like, a six-year-old. Sweatpants, a hoodie, basketball shorts, and socks. <laughs> I, I may not win this draft. 
Well, I, it, it's as true as it can possibly get to not only who you are to your core, but also everybody now has a visual of what you've looked like for the last four months, pretty much. Yeah. I will say, you know, some days I branch out. I wear like, it's not necessarily a hoodie, but I wear like kind of like these tennis, like kind of sweatshirts that are not hoodies or like sweater, sweat, like crew sweatshirt type thing. So, you know, I can wear other types of sweatshirts too. I'm, I'm very versatile in the sweatshirts that I sometimes wear along with my sweatpants. I try really hard. Like most of my sweatpants are gray and quite a few of my sweatshirts are gray. I try really hard not to go gray on gray because I feel like that's just like a level of giving up that I don't necessarily <laughs> want to project out to the world. But some days like you got to do what you got to do. Like I think I'm in the market for a pair of non-gray sweatpants. I think that that could be a big holiday season purchase for me. So if anyone's out there is listening, um, I think that could be my next big purchase. Well, I, I will say that we potentially won't be doing a team store for the soccer team like we normally have in the past where we, we buy stuff beforehand and then we sell it to the kids. But if we do have a team store when our season starts next month or after the fact, I'll put on sweatpants as part of my gift to you as our announcer. And it will be four months after you need them. But if we're in, still in remote learning, you probably will still be wearing them through May. Hey, man, that sounds great. Uh, nothing like waking up, throwing on the sweatpants, and then talking to a bunch of blank screens. That's living the dream right there. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, well, hope you guys enjoyed uh, all of our great stuff today. I got to get going right now because I'm about two hours behind on my watching TikTok videos, so I, I got a lot to catch up on. Uh, and I'm sure Will has, like, something squirrely to do as well. Uh, maybe not so much, but we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>